Welcome to Messages from the Middle. I'm Wendy Parrish. This is episode number 15, Clouds. On this episode, I'll share with you my emergency toolkit that I use when my mental health isn't doing so well. Let's get into the episode. Have you noticed that people don't usually share their struggles until they're over? It's not until they've defeated their dragon and marched victoriously home that they share their story. Well, I'm not one of those people. My name is Wendy Parrish, and I am in the middle of my story. From the middle, I've learned a few things, and I would like to bring you into my story. This is the good, the struggle, the light, the dark, and the lessons learned. This is Messages from the Middle. Hi, and welcome to Messages from the Middle, episode number 15, and uh, happy July. I honestly cannot believe that we are already into July, and I know everyone is saying that, but it really does feel like time has just flown, but also it doesn't really feel like July. Where I live, it just has not gotten warm yet. It's just been cool the grass is all still really green. And usually by this time of the year, things have started to yellow. If you live somewhere that's always green, you probably think I sound like a crazy person. But anyway, and today I am recording in my family's cabin in West Yellowstone. This cabin's been in my family since my dad was young. And it's definitely a happy place for me. And I haven't been here for two years. And so I just, I, it feels like coming home to be here right now, which is awesome. Today on the episode, I'm going to talk about um, the ups and downs of mental health. Mental health, a lot of times, I think a good comparison is, is the weather. Sometimes you have beautiful sunny skies and other times dark clouds roll in and you know that there's some stormy days ahead. The time to prepare for the storm is when the skies are blue. It's when you feel more joy and peace that you're able to establish healthy habits for your mental health. This week and the week before were storm clouds for me. When the storm clouds roll in, I usually try to look for a reason, but there isn't always a reason I can identify. It's just what it is. I feel that change And if you've dealt with this, you know what I'm talking about. There's just sadness that creeps in. When the storm clouds are dark overhead, many of my must-do mental health habits, they just don't happen. I am at what I call my bare minimum. The good news is, if I've taken care of myself during the blue sky times and established healthy habits then, then my minimum is enough to keep me going and to keep me pushing through until the skies are blue again. In episode 11, I shared five things to do for your mental health. And I would recommend listening to that one if you haven't. Those five things are taking a walk, meditating, gratitude and gratitude journaling, getting sunlight and cold water immersion. And these are five things to make a habit of doing when things are good. And so when times are dark, you've established a good baseline. And many of those things I'm able to keep doing even when I'm not feeling as good. And actually, I feel 
almost more compelled to do those things because I'm not feeling as well. But some of them I find are just really hard to do when I'm just feeling sad. When skies are dark, I need my stormy weather emergency toolkit. And these are the things that are in that toolkit. A small action that makes a big difference is I make my bed first thing every morning after I wake up. That little action is a big sign to myself that I am in control and I can take action to make my day just a little bit better. That's me using my prefrontal cortex to tell myself that I can do, I can do the day. Instead of what I wanna do, which is roll out of bed and just leave it there and just go about my day. Or even worse, some days not even get out of bed at all. But I wake up, I get out of bed and I make my bed. Unless it's a weekend and my husband is still in it, I don't make my bed while there's somebody still in it. But that's a little action that I take every every day actually, but I make sure that I keep that action going when I'm feeling in my lower moods. The next action that I will take, and again, I try to do this, the one of the very first things I do every morning is to get outside and walk. My goal is to walk for at least 30 minutes every day. And I usually end up walking longer since I usually try to walk three miles. And also it's a good thing for me. Once I get going, I want to keep going. Sometimes I even, I call them Forrest Gump walks where I just keep going and then I realize how far I've gone and then I have to go back, but I usually make it back. But I do love my long walks, but I plan to do 30 minutes. So if I'm not, if I'm in a lower mood and I know that walking is going to be a little less energetic that day, it's probably not going to be a Forrest Gump walk. I know I'm going to walk out for 15 minutes and back for 15 minutes while listening to something that will lift my spirits. Sometimes that's a book. Sometimes that's a podcast. Sometimes that's music. Then there's gratitude journaling, which I had talked about as one of those five things to do for your mental health. I need to keep consistent on gratitude and gratitude journaling on dark days this one is hard. Once again, if I can just get started, it's easy to keep going. I just need to think of that first one, which is usually I'm grateful for my dogs because usually one of my dogs is by my side while I'm journaling. And it's, it's not hard to love my Hazel and my Ruby. I, I do really love my dogs. It's not hard to love my family either, but I'm just telling you my dogs are there next to me as a reminder of something that I love. And then it's easy for me to just open the gate and show my gratitude. I've discussed the value of gratitude, but I'm going to refresh your memory on some of the benefits of gratitude. Just by acknowledging and appreciating little things, it helps to rewire the brain to deal with present circumstances with more awareness and a broader perspective. Keeping a gratitude journal helps you to build your emotional awareness. I'm a big fan and advocate for meditation, but I have a confession to make. During storm cloud days, meditation is really hard for me. I just struggle to sit and breathe and try not to 
basically, if I allow there to be a space in my brain, if I'm not feeling well, if I'm in a low mood, if there are storm clouds overhead, then it's very easy for me to get into a thought spiral. So in my storm cloud emergency toolkit, I have a different kind of meditation that I will use. I find music that lifts my mood and makes me happy. The type of music changes from time to time, but right now I'll tell you what I listen to that has just made me so happy. I have a playlist I recently made on Spotify, and if anyone cares for it, it's called it's called Cowpoke, and it has the music of Towns Van Zant and Coulter Wall and Tyler Childers and Willie Nelson. I love Willie. Willie is just like coming home to me. I'm trying to give you a few other of the artists that are on this playlist, but it's just a very soothing, happy playlist. Like I said, it feels like coming home. And I guess it's probably no, should be no surprise to me that this is music that I listened to at home growing up. So it just has that calming, happy feeling for me. I'll listen to this music while I do dishes and while I drive and on my walks and just have it playing in the house. This is my meditation when my thoughts are leaning more towards sadness, is to just bring in music that returns me to a more peaceful, happy place. I also rely on a lot of different methods of pattern interruption. And what I mean by that is to find ways to stop. So there's, you know, stimulus and response. And for the last however many years of my life, there's been a stimulus and then my immediate response is something negative. See a person, they don't like me, of course nobody likes me, down, down, down. Um, Something doesn't work out that well, of course that didn't work, I'm a failure, all the failures down, 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 if that makes any sense. So for pattern interruption, see something, stimulus, I may even have my first response And instead of just going, no, stop thinking about that, that doesn't work. Has anybody ever told you to stop thinking about something and then you stop thinking about it? It doesn't work. So you have to find pattern interruptions. So for me, after a stimulus that I know is going to take me down a negative thought spiral, I'll find a pattern interruption. One of the simplest ones that I learned from the amazing Karen Kenny is to take a ball, tennis ball, any kind of a ball, and just pass it from hand to hand. Anything that goes laterally from side to side, like we talked about this before, how EMDR does this, anything that uses both sides of your body is going to interrupt patterns. There's also tapping. There's videos on YouTube where you can watch tapping. It uses the same idea of going on different sides of your body. And then there's binaural beats I have an app on my phone and when I really just can tell I'm going to get into a negative space, I pop in those AirPods, I find my binaural beats and 10 minutes and it just works. It just works. I've used them also with my children. I'll put them on and it just helps them calm their brain. One of my daughters had a hard time sleeping for a while, put it on, it calmed her brain and she was able to sleep. So You might want to check out some of those apps that have binaural beats, but they also have them on Spotify, whatever music service that you use. That's another really great thing to use. So pattern interruption is something I need to be cognizant of and keep in my toolkit 
when I know that my moods just are low. I know that the storm clouds are just there in my life. And I'll also do different things to center myself and to calm the trauma response. Right now, it's sunny and beautiful. And like I said, it's so green. So I can go outside and lie in the grass. But when it's cold, you can also get the same benefit from just lying on the ground. Lying on the floor is very grounding because it can help to ground your emotional state, much like it does your physical being in this position when you're lying down, you know, flat on your back, it just lets your whole body relax. It also does the same thing to your mental state. It just helps you to feel supported. And if you're doing it outside, it has that extra benefit of earthing, of grounding you to the earth. I try to walk outside barefoot on the grass and do something to connect and then lie down in the grass. It's one of my favorite things to do. And it is interesting, even when it's cold outside, if I'm outside, you know, with the kids, we're sledding or whatever. And I don't know if it's that childish instinct in me, but I still want to lie down and make snow angels. And I'm curious if that's that same instinct to just want to lie down and feel the whole earth supporting every part of me. It sounds very woo-woo and hippy-dippy, but if you don't know me, I kind of am woo-woo and hippy-dippy, but I can promise you this is actually scientifically backed as a way to deal with trauma or with a trauma response. Lie down and then you just breathe and focus on your breath. It will also help you to get your breath more low and in your belly instead of high and in your chest lying down. Just That's just a physiological physiological fact there. I do find it interesting that even before I knew that this was a way of treating trauma responses, that I did find myself wanting to just lie on the ground in times of stress or sadness. I think it is an instinct that we do have in us when we're having a trauma response. It's actually telling us how to take care of ourselves the trauma response isn't wrong or negative. It's actually our body telling us to take care of ourselves. And then I also allow myself to sleep, to read, to rest, or watch TV. And this is just me, but if I'm going to watch TV, I want it to be a comedy, and I have my favorites that I will go to. I put no pressure on myself to push through and force myself to feel better because the only way to better is through. And the way through is to be aware of your thoughts and allow the emotions that those thoughts bring up. There are thousands of thoughts that flow into your mind all day long. Some don't create much as far as emotions go, but then there are ones that can really affect your mood. Some ones that really affect my mood. And when this happens, noticing the thoughts and allowing and processing that emotion is essential. And that's why I allow myself the time to just be. And again, I want to share with you how to allow and process emotions in storm cloud phases of life. First of all, like I stated, I allow myself the time. And I know we're all very busy And right now it's so easy for me to think about the time because it's summer and I don't work full time and my kids are home. I'm not driving kids back and forth places, but we are traveling a lot. As you can tell, I haven't recorded this podcast from home in two weeks and I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to record from home next week. 
But what I mean by allowing the time is I'll take the time. I will cut, you know, start dinner late or walk away from an activity for a little while and allow myself the time if I can feel that I'm just not feeling right. So this is how you take the time to process emotions. And once again, you can also do this more quickly, but it's a really great practice to do and take some real time to do it, especially when there's an emotion that just feels heavy. So you'll want to stop and breathe. I like to close my eyes and just really bring myself out of my head and into my body. Focusing on the breath, where is it going in my body that gets you out of your head? Then you find the feeling in your body. Where is it? Is it in your stomach? Is it in your chest? Is it in your arms? Do you feel it more in your hips? Sometimes I feel it in my throat. What does this emotion feel like? Is it hard or soft? Is it hot or cold? Does it have a shape? Is it sharp? Is it squishy? And I know these are all interesting words and maybe they're putting thoughts in your mind, but I bet as soon as I said, what does it feel like? A word came to mind. Immediately, usually a word comes to mind for me too. And usually it's something like hot, heavy, pulsating. I'm able to come up with exactly how it feels pretty quickly just by bringing myself into that position where it is in my body. Then does it move? How big is it? Does it pulsate? Does it have weight? Like I said, a lot of times my emotions feel heavy. And then how heavy is it? Some emotions feel heavier than others. Take a moment to notice everything that you can about this emotion, about this feeling in your body. Then you name it. What is this emotion? Give it a name. Call it by its name. Keep in mind that there are so many more emotions than just happy, sad, and angry. There's a whole continuum of emotions between happy and sad. You could write happy on one end, sad on another, and then just start thinking of other words that you can think of between those. Getting, you know, starting at happy, joyful, peaceful, ebullient, ecstatic. Like what other words can you think of? And ecstatic is even farther along the continuum of happiness. Sadness, then there's morose, there's depressed, there's meh, which I'm going to call an emotion because I actually understand it when my kids say they feel meh. That makes sense to me. I do get that one. It really is worth taking the time to find exactly what the emotion is. It may not sound that important, but emotional literacy is really important to your emotional health. After you've named the emotion, breathe into it and tell yourself this feeling is only happening because of sentences in your brain. And there's nothing wrong with that and you don't need to immediately change the sentences in your brain. Just recognizing that those sentences in your brain, those thoughts that you're thinking are creating this feeling in your body and allow yourself to feel that emotion. Just feel it all the way through and you'll be surprised. Sometimes that emotion will just thank you for paying attention to it and go away. 
Other times it might just stay there. And at that point, you kind of just have to be like, okay, fear, I guess we're spending the day together. Here we go. And just allow it to be with you. You need to allow these emotions to be with you. If the emotion is really strong and overpowering, I breathe and I take the time to tell myself that I am safe and to notice where I am, tell myself where I am. And again, this feeling is happening because of sentences in my brain. And the other thing is, you don't need to change the sentences. I know I already said that, but I want to say it again. A lot of people then go, okay, well, I just don't want that sentence anymore. You don't need to change it. It's okay. It's there for a reason. In fact, in that case, you might just need to go back to the sentences if you can find it. Sometimes it's just you don't necessarily even know what those sentences are. If you can find it, you can go back to it and look at it and think, wow, okay, this really creates a lot of feeling in me. And what is it? What is it about this? Why does it do that? And really take some time with those sentences. But you don't really need to get caught up on what those sentences are doing. The most important thing is to just allow the emotion. So again, when those storm clouds are there in your life and you're just not feeling, you're just feeling sad and you're just feeling low or I'll go so far as to say depressed, think about what you want to have in your emergency toolkit. For me, those things are making my bed taking a walk, practicing gratitude, listening to good music, and then allowing space for myself to sleep, to rest, to read, to do the things that I need to do to process and work through the emotions that I'm feeling at the time. And it does surprise me because before I would just get buried in those emotions and they would just pile on and pile on and get worse and worse. And now I can already feel the clouds are lifting and things are starting to feel a little bit better. And I will say it doesn't hurt that I am in my happy place. I'm in a beautiful place that has is filled with so many amazing memories. So it's really hard to stay down here. But I can tell you and my family can tell you they've seen me get up and go for a walk every single morning. Thank you so much for joining me today and thank you so much for listening. It really has meant so much to me to hear the feedback and that people are listening and are joining me in this conversation. Please feel free to share this with anyone. Also, you can contact me. You can DM me on Instagram at child songbird, or you can send me an email. It's wendy at messagesfromthemiddle.com any questions, any, anything you want to talk about, I'd be happy to hear from you. Please remember that you are loved and you matter no matter who you are or where you are in your journey. We will see you next week. Thank you so much and goodbye. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of my story. My theme music is White Linen by Asher Child. He's my kid. You can find all of his amazing music on all streaming platforms. And you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. But seriously, it would really mean so much to me if you did. Thank you so much and see you next time.